Sorry about that five to six seconds of silence there. I had a brain fart and forgot which button to press. Hey, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> it begins. Great, great, great. Uh, welcome to another episode of Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics. Oh, I see how this goes. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. New Year, wow, new just, Jeremiah. He comes in spicy. <laughs> elbowing me out of there. All right. I see how it is. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by... <laughs> By my co-host Thad and Kara, say hello. Hello. Okay. I mean, hello. <laughs> That's uh, still counting. Today we're going to be talking about a uh, top ten uh, movies of 2019 because mm-hmm. that's how timely and topical we are. And yeah, then we'll yeah. also be talking about the Oscars, everyone's favorite thing. Mm. I have a story about the Oscars. Hit it. <laughs> So uh, many moons ago, it was the year that Gladiator and Aaron Brockovich were both nominated. Russell Crowe and um, Julia Roberts are both nominated for Best Actor and Best Actress, respectively. And my mother, my family used to be really into the Oscars. And we lived in a big metropolitan area. So, like, we would go and see every single movie nominated in every category. Like, even the French, like, even the foreign language films we could go and see. And my mom was just sitting there. And it came up like, ah, Julia Roberts wins for Aaron Brakovich. And my mom screams, fuck you. And she picks up her beer and whips it at the TV in this like instinctive rage. And it just splashes everywhere. No, it's half empty. So there's only a little bit of a splash. And then she's just sitting there. My dad and I are both like, wow. And she's like, I'm going to do it for Gladiator 2. Watch me. <laughs> and, so, and so when they were nom- when the nominees were being read for Gladiator, my dad and I slowly cleared out all of the food substance. <laughs> Do you remember what she wanted to win instead? Uh no, I don't, but she and I both agree that Julie Roberts did not deserve it for Aaron Brockovich. It was a standard Julie Roberts performance, which is lovely, and my dad loves Julie Roberts and has every single one of her movies on Blu-ray, including ones that didn't come out on Blu-ray, and he has Chinese rips. Ah! Your dad is a movie nerd. My dad's a huge <laughs> movie nerd, and he loves Julie Roberts, but even then he had to agree with his wife because he's married to her. <laughs> Yeah, if Julia rules. Roberts will make you a meatloaf. Loaf, yep. <laughs> it's also interesting to note that several people have remarked that my mother has a passing resemblance to Julia Roberts. I could see that. Yep. I could see that. Okay, so we're going to start off the Oscars because there's no reason to just walk away from that. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. It's, <laughs> no, 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 I was it's like, fine. I was like... It's fine. So, as you know, we have the... Oscars for the year, uh, this year, and I believe February. Um, oh, there are also Oscars just for February? Just for February, Because <laughs> yes. my life would be hell. Uh, I hate the Oscars website. Just show me a list. Oh my god, um, just go to Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah no, right. <laughs> that's, that's my Oscars story. Is I just want to see a list. Don't, don't give me all this trash. <laughs> I... Uh... When Crash won for Best Picture, that cut out my heart. And I think it's... What's weird is people talk about how bad that movie is about racism, but the burning misogyny that infects every quarter of it doesn't seem to get enough mention. And See, I remember- my, 
the way that I the way that I deal with that is I have rewritten it in my brain to where Crash, the adaptation of the J.G. Ballard book about people being hot for car wrecks, is the one that won Best Picture. That is and... one of my favorite like, <laughs> like movies that have the same name. I know. I love that so much. I might die. <laughs> I want you to know when I discovered that movie existed. I was like, I'm sorry. There's a movie called Crash about what now? Uh, I love it. And I it was on it. Cisco Neva's top ten. Yeah. Well, it's it's a Cronenberg movie. Of, it's a Cronenberg movie. Of course, it's good. <laughs> it's just really weird. It stars James Spader, who I also like a lot. I I have and, uh, very wasn't mixed. It a Holly Hunt? Uh, I, yes, yes. Uh, I, I have really mixed feelings about that movie. <laughs> it's a weird it's a book movie. You're gonna have mixed feelings. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very weird. I love it. <laughs> um. Anyway, so, so the Oscars. You guys have like so that's your relationship to the Oscars in terms of like the movie that just made it go, huh? Maybe this isn't uh, prestigious as people make me believe it is. Mm. Well, I think mm. it's still as prestigious, just not as correct. There's a mm. difference. Uh, well, I think a lot of it is... <laughs> I made this point to someone at work. It's like, look, I understand that the United States uh, electoral system is fucked and cool. <laughs> but it is more transparent than the Oscars. Oh, that's... <laughs> I you know, know what? I, I, you, you say what you will about the Oscars. It's nice that someone is sticking to the original constitutional idea of only rich white men voting. <laughs> well, okay, so here's the thing. Before we start talking about, like, snubs and all that and okay. how we feel about the nominations, it's important to keep in mind that when it comes to nominating the nominees, mm. it's very separated in terms of branches. Only the director's nominate for director only yeah. the writers you can, you can only nominate for a field that you are in right once off. the nominations come out then it becomes a free fall but even then every section has their own rules bizarre mm. and opaque sometimes mm. i know the dga has a rule saying no nominee uh, every nominee has to have directed at least two films unless uh, they the executive board deems the piece of work uh, distinctive in some way. Hmm. So part, one of the reasons that Greta Gerwig wasn't nominated uh, is that possibly. Also, she's a woman. Um, <laughs> but it's also rules like that are like almost designed to keep people who could use that a little push from mm. getting that little push. Because if you've made two films, so like by your third film, you basically you've made three films. That's a decent amount. Like you have a foothold in. Mm, fair. But hmm. if you don't, but like if you need that foothold, you can't get it because you haven't made you haven't made the records of a number of movies. Mm, mm. Um, mm. Honestly, with the exception of Jordan one movie, Peele got nominated. Is, I really, I'm not. I'm so sorry, but Jordan Peele got nominated for best director for Get Out, and that was his first feature film, wasn't it's it? The executive committee. Yeah, if they say it's good enough. I'm going to stop making that noise now, but I'm still making it on the inside. He deserved it. <laughs> he deserved it. That's not my point. Well, no, no, no. He absolutely deserved it. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's one of the... Yeah, yeah. All right. So, like I said, like with the exception of like maybe one movie, 
I'm not unhappy with all the movies nominated, but I am unhappy with all the movies not nominated. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I don't know. Our, Kara and I have sort of realized, like, this was a, a very light year of seeing new movies for us to the right. point that we still haven't even seen Star Wars. So, <laughs> we, and, we might, big for you. and we might not. We might just be on a Star Wars strike. I don't know. I want you to understand. Um, we just mm-hmm. got rid of Star Wars last week, and it's only been out for like a month. Yeah, I know. It's shocking. Um, although, I think, isn't, isn't Jojo Rabbit playing near us finally? Uh, it's it's being re-released since it was nominated. We actually drove all the way up to Chicago to see to do other things, but to see Jojo Rabbit. And uh, we drove up the weekend before it was released. This is why uh, <laughs> I, I think I think the official policy is now Kara doesn't get to plan trips solo anymore. I told you that you should help me because quote <laughs> it will all go wrong, and you told me that you thought I had it. So I, who's the real fuckhead here? I had a. Lovely I think day. it's gonna be that. I had an absolutely lovely day. I don't know what your <laughs> we is. did. We had a we had a chi- uh, Japanese barbecue. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> the Oscar. That and Kara's trip to Chicago done with. Yes. All right. That segment's done. <laughs> next time we'll have the outline. Yeah. Next time we'll have uh, next time we'll have theme music for it. It'll be good. Check- awesome. Yeah. Hold on. Okay, that's all I got. (laughs) So, Uh, the nominees for Best Picture, Ford mm. v. Ferrari, The Irishman. I've heard a a lot of good things about Ford v. Ferrari. It's really solid. It's a fun movie and it's a really good movie. I have never cared about a car movie except for... um, Fast and Furious? uh, No, no. um, Speed Racer. No, okay. No, uh, Drive. Oh yeah, that's Drive's not a car movie. Drive is a Ryan Gosling movie. Mm. Anyway, let's let Jeremiah talk. Sorry. Joker. Uh, I tried. I tried, Jeremiah. Yeah. I tried to let you talk. Marriage Story. Nineteen Seventeen. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite. I gotta say, I I know that it won't win because we don't live in a good universe. And I mean, I haven't even seen it yet. Although I think it's on Amazon. Is Parasite on Amazon? I think it is. I think um, but I'm happy to see Parasite uh, represented in Best Picture, but yeah. I know it's not, and Best Director, but I know it's not going to win either. Well, it's one of those things where like it's represented like in screen, in the screenplay and director and all that, but oddly enough, not actor. Mm. And that's a shame. Yeah. they all do a great job. No, but I I see a certain amount of like I don't I don't I don't agree with the logic, but it's one of those things where like. I think I see why uh, the, they'd be willing to nominate for picture and director, but like, because uh, it, it's that sort of, I don't know, great man logic. Like, oh, this oh, yeah. is a great movie, but since we don't speak the language, we're going to pay only attention to the broad strokes, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Kara, do you have any thoughts on any of these? Uh, I, I had such high hopes for Joker, and I'm... I haven't seen it, which says a lot, because I am obsessed with Batman, and I'm pretty much willing to consume any Batman content, and I just was so excited for it, and then every piece of extra information that came out was just banal. 
<laughs> I would I would like to see it, but I I ref, my it's not that I refuse to see it, but I refuse to see it until I rewatch Taxi Driver and finally watch The King of Comedy because I don't want to be tricked into thinking that um the the Hangover guy is uh, great. Well, it's, I'll say this because I know some people who have seen Taxi Driver and this, and they like this one better. Well, I mean, I've seen Taxi Driver. I just right, haven't seen it for like, like a few years. Well, no, it's just that thing of like you can still know it and still be like, "Oh, this movie's great." And it's like, well, no. <laughs> um, uh, but I don't but know. Yes. I, yeah, hmm. Todd uh, Todd Phillips is the one put <laughs> one director and one uh, movie that I would not have on this list. It's, um, it's it's sad. Especially on the heels of Black Panther, which was like, not without flaws, but it's like, we are trying to, we are taking a pretty conventional streamlined vehicle to say some things that don't get said often enough in the mainstream. Right. And then it's like, but what if a white man was sad, though? Yeah. Sad <laughs> and he killed people. But he's like a clown, though, too. Do you get it? Well, he killed two bankers, so two of those people were Wall Street bankers, oh. I should imagine. Well, yeah, but, yeah, I was about to be like, come on, Jeremiah, don't hurt Joker, me like this, don't come at me. The Joker blew up a bank in the first few minutes of the Dark Knight, and, you know, that's... <laughs> we didn't celebrate them, then some of them did. Well, I mean, well, I mean we did. did. Everybody, everybody loved Heath Ledger's Joker. <laughs> um, but it is weird that, like, I didn't do this on purpose, but my top ten does not really mirror <laughs> the best picture category. Let me... Let me gasp here uh, uh, at surprise. <laughs> I mean, because... you no, know, she's like, oh wow, like. Uh, well, you some, also like, don't some of these have movies all on there. Some of them are not. <laughs> you also don't have like weird eldritch rules for what can be picked. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> Your also... rules are: Did this impress Jeremiah enough for him to think it was a best movie by the end of the year? <laughs> What's really sort of weird is mm. like, not just like the eldritch rules. Yeah. But, and the fact that, like, why would you expand the best picture category and not the best director category? That's a good point. Like, you are asking, asking. Yeah, you're kind of you're kind of showing us what the uh, the best picture category would have looked like if it if it was uh, still smaller. <laughs> but although the thing that impresses me there is that uh, Bong Joon Ho still ended up on that list. Yeah. Like that's the th- uh, it's not the best picture that really strikes me. It's the fact that he's in best director. I I like I gotta give it to him a little bit. Like I'm impressed with that. Parasite, if, if nothing play- else, is playing with American audiences in a way I don't think anyone expected it to. Is it because we're all dying of capitalism poisoning? Yes. <laughs> and like, and, and what's even more shocking is the Amer- like it's doing so well and that Americans are recognizing the dying of capitalism because yeah. it's not like we have we're just now starting to die and of they're capitalism. and they're going to see a movie with subtitles to begin with like that's <laughs> I mean uh, you, it's your fault that I often will put subtitles on as a default now like I blame you but, I apologize uh, <laughs> for you being able to understand what the actors are saying <laughs> but uh, yeah I've uh, I find that interesting understand wow. that Parasite is on its way this is completely anecdotal on its way to being one of the longest movies we've had at uh, my theater oh really like, since we've when? had it for like four or five months oh wow really yeah 
And it's still doing it. Like it sold out um, last night. Wow, that's great. So I mean, it's like big houses, but it's still selling. So it's like keeping toe to toe with like Titanic kind of longevity. Longevity, yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. not not sales. I didn't expect sales, but just a consistent audience, either willing to watch it over and over again, or is it new faces? Is it new people coming in for it? I don't know. I'm upstairs. I don't know. I'm a serious person, Kara. No, 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 no. I'm like I'm upstairs making sure the movie runs. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's got to put a nickel in the film reel. <laughs> I'm not going to be shocked if I come in one morning. It's like, yep, the whole, the whole <laughs> coin operated now. Good luck. Where, where do I get the coins? You have them. Uh, like, oh. <laughs> uh, for the uh, best director, we have Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips Joker, Sam Mendes, nineteen seventeen, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time mm. in Hollywood, and mm-hmm. Bong Hoon Ho for Parasite. I've Good. actually I've heard strikingly little about nineteen seventeen. Is it that deserves, just me? It deserves to be that because it's a technical achievement. Yeah, but I mean, I, in terms of just like because I. I, I hear people talk about movies quite a bit when I'm at work, but this one I've not really heard people say anything about. It hasn't, I, I don't know if they said wide relief yet. Oh, I thought it had been. Well, so like the, I want to say the gimmick that seems unkind, but the the structure of it is that is it that it's one take, seemingly one take. Okay, uh, so it's, it's a, so it's real time. It would be it's the appearance of one it. shot. Yeah, there is uh, times that feel like it feels like a video game in a mm. good way. Hmm. Like, okay, if you so were to combine how they did this movie with things how they did with Gemini Man, you have a recipe for making a really visceral and enveloping video game movie in a way that we've not been able to do. Look, there's only one good movie that feels like a video game, and that is uh, Edge Jumanji? of Tomorrow. Oh. No, it's good. Ed- Edge of Tomorrow, where you kill oh. Tom Cruise over and over. Right, right. Jumanji's <laughs> also fantastic, if you haven't seen that. Which one? I saw you... The first one. I saw your review for it. The second one's just as good. Like, if they want to just keep making those movies, I'm like, I'm cool with this. <laughs> See, the thing that, like, I like the cast that they have, and it's it's funny to have those actors, like, be inhabited by different people, but there's also a part of me that's like, you could also just jump between different types of game. And I, I, uh, I don't know. Well, no, because it's the Jumanji, the video game. And so, like, no, each time they go in, it's a different adventure. Yeah, I know, I've I'm just like I'm. I'm thinking of other like game, uh, like types, like oh, different gotcha, types yeah. of tabletop game you could go back to and things like that. Gotcha. Uh, um, anyway, yeah, exactly. Uh, and this one ended with I'm not gonna tell you. Anyhow, <laughs> my like, level oh, of there's there's also of. actually in, in terms of uh, uh, movies that are that are up, I'm glad. And this is a weird spite thing, kind of like how I was completely like checked out from seeing Vice because I just it's it's these things happen during my lifetime. I'm not interested in seeing a, a, a sort of comedy about it. Uh, I'm not like I'm glad to see like Charlize Theron like getting a, an actress nod for just about anything because she's she's very talented. Right. But I'm very glad that Bombshell is not mm. super represented because I. Don't don't misread. I don't. I think that addressing sexual harassment anywhere is important. But having women from Fox News be portrayed by some of the most talented like actresses 
is upsetting to me on a visceral level. Well, it's like, a time I, rope because I, I they're don't asking know. you to it, do that, and then they get yeah. Jay Roach, who is a very talented director. Yeah, I like every everybody in, everybody involved in it. I I have a respect for, but it's one of those things where I'm just like I. There are like I I don't want to say these women's stories don't need to be told because that's that crap. I would never. I'll say that. it. I don't uh, care. That's you can say that, but I. I uh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. I, I I honestly say it. so in the sense of like, do I believe that any woman deserves to be sexually harassed in the workplace? No. Oh, am I glad that they fought against it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but also, they're all terrible people, and I. Like uh, live in a terrible world right now, and I don't need to go to a movie to watch a bunch of terrible people have terrible things happen to them and terrible at each other and spend $15 that I do not have. Like I, I could spend I, that on not, two Starbucks I'm not coffees. super, I guess I'm, I'm just saying I'm not super interested in seeing the humanizing uh, portrayal of Lenny Riefenstahl being uh, sexually harassed uh, while making Nazi propaganda. Like, I, yeah. I just, I'm not I'm, up for that. I'm going to tell me. you something that I discovered while doing theater checks on Bombshell. Yeah. I'm just going to say five words. Mm-hmm. Richard Kind as Mayor Giuliani. <laughs> I kind of want to see Bombshell. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch clips of him. I'm fine with it. Because <laughs> I saw that. I was like, you didn't. Because he's, but, by the way, just doing Richard Kind. <laughs> but like, like when, we, when I look at this movie list, there seems to be this thing between we have like Parasite, which is just this, I, I've read about it, it was like a biting critique of capitalism. And we have like Little Woman, which is this woman's story. And then we also have these movies that are just like Joker. And so it's just like, it's this like schizophrenic breakdown between this like somewhat digestible, because it's mass media, like somewhat digestible progressivism, and then this sort of weird image of old Hollywood. Literally, oh. once upon a time, I mean, it is the Oscars. <laughs> it is the Oscars. Joker, like this is the thing they chose. One of the themes, uh, Joker and Joker, that it quickly drops, um, is that is a biting critique of capitalism. Well, it thinks well, it's a biting critique of capitalism. Right, it thinks it is, but part of that is like for some people, Joker is more digestible than Parasite because it has a, a dude putting on makeup and killing people. Putting on makeup without any foundation. Anyhow. Oh my god. He dyes his hair green <laughs> without dyeing it blonde first. As someone who has blue hair and who has had green hair, you can't do that. Representation is important, people, if only well, because I, you I understand think, how hair dye works. I mean, I think that works better for the uh, Dark Knight Joker because he's supposed to look like a mess. Right. Yeah. I mean, he looks nasty. Anyway. Uh, uh, but yeah, um... <laughs> It's really weird because Four Feet for All also has like a little bit to say about um, I don't know about capitalism, but at the very least about how big business operates. Mm. Because the little guy is there is no little guy; they just hate the the company. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, because I was like, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, are you guys just going to try to make Ford the little guy? And they're like, nope, Ford sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's it's turtles and assholes all the way down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood is like nostalgia. What if? Marriage Story is fantastic, um, but not really a biting critique of capitalism. Mm-hmm. Jojo Rabbit is a satire, like with the exception of maybe uh, the Irishman and Marriage Story. 
1917. Um, and Once Upon a Time, like everything else, like there's like, oh, there's like a political bite to it. Mm. 1917 is a weirdly apolitical war movie. That's, that's because the politics of World War One are too complex for modern audiences. Right, but I mean, like, it has no politics. Interesting. Uh, because it's, it's all based it's on stories that Mendez's granddad told him. Yeah, it's sort of a... Uh, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I, th- I think I, was, I, was, I think like a Saving Private Ryan kind of thing. Like, we don't care why the, the war is going on. We're dealing right. with the people in the war. Well, I, I will say that I think it's hilarious that the movie that takes place in World War One has mm-hmm. the uh, officers going, "Oh my God, we got to save these men!" And I'm like, "They never did that." <laughs> <laughs> they yelled at them for doing their own ceasefire on Christmas Eve. <laughs> right. Yeah, that uh, is a true story. <laughs> pretending, also, uh, like the thing that bums me out is, uh, you know, an evil uh, lefty uh, attempting to destroy Western civilization is that it's a movie called 1917, and it's not about the October Revolution. No? It's fine. It's fine. Right. It's fine. So we'll be going <laughs> to a close on the outset of the discussion. We haven't yeah. really talked a lot about all the categories, because I'm going to stress this enough. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no um, one does. No one does. The Oscars right. are important, and they're not important. Like, yeah. They are just a an award ceremony, and they're meant to be just for fun. Uh, part of the reason why people get upset, though, when people aren't recognized is simply because if it's just for fun, then why can't we have all five nominees be women? Yeah. Like, what's the... Like, it doesn't... Like, it's meant to be just for fun, but it's taken deathly seriously. So what also gives you... It also gives you a... Sort of, like, bizarre tightrope of take it seriously and also at the same time, like, just let it go. Yeah, it gives you a weird uh, view into what people think is uh, fair. Because years and years and years of only men, like, being everything. And if you try and pay more attention to women for a minute, then it's like, this is not fair! Well, there was, like, uh, there's an argument going around, like, I don't know what I would take off to replace for, like, Greta Gerwig and Best Director. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, progress is a bargain. It's not meant to be cheap. You, someone has to go. (laughs) Wait, for a director? Yeah. Scorsese. Really? Yeah. Not Phillips? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck Todd Phillips. I mean, I don't care about Todd Phillips, but Scorsese. And I'm going to say something. Okay. Uh, He's been nominated before, and he's won before. Once. He has. He's Scorsese. Everyone knows his name. Everyone knows who he is. He gets to do anything that he wants. What does he need this for? Also, Uh, it's kind of unfair that Scorsese is nominated for Best Director twice. I, I don't know why they're allowed to do that. <laughs> I that and this, this isn't this isn't like this is actually not a criticism of the film. No, it's no, I was, like, I was making a joke about Joker. Karen. No, but I'm just saying like like instant like th- one of the problems we have actually I do it for, for Tarantino, Tarantino too is that we have these institution of directors and they're recognized and they're self propagating. It's not his fault as a director. Right. It's not his fault that he's actually quite good at what he does and has been very very good at it for decades. But nothing about his career would change if he wasn't nominated. Yeah. yeah. Well, I will say that that's a very, that's a very interesting point. Part of what makes the Irishman and Mary's Story so weird to see on the list is the Netflix movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. And after the boo-ha-ha with Roma last year, no one really expected to see those two. But Netflix, um, by the way, this is another reason why the Oscars don't matter. Netflix spent money like a mother. Mm. 
I mean, and also uh, another way to get votes, yeah, much like the American electoral Mud- system mentioned earlier, you pay for them. <laughs> wasn't uh, wasn't Mudbound a, a Netflix movie too? Yes, like, it was. Yeah, that was real good. Mud- Mudbound oh, is I... fantastic. One of my nominees for can... best of the decade. Hmm. Can I say something really quick about Marriage Story? That I yes. don't know if this is actually I don't know if it's good or bad because I can't watch movies about really bad breakups and a divorce is a breakup in my mind. Yeah. I can't watch movies about really bad and sad breakups even if they're good films cuz they just make me feel bad and sad and I mm-hmm. can't live with that feeling anymore. <laughs> but I did see like the the cutout clip of the scene that everyone was talking about where they're fighting with each other <laughs> like when we punch the hole in the apartment. And I was watching it and people have very interesting responses to that scene. And my response was 100%, oh, yeah, I've had this fight. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> not, not with, dramatic. Not with Thaddeus. I would like to clearly state that I have not had this fight with Thaddeus. And should Thaddeus and I fight, he would never do an act of pseudo-violence like punching sadly right. through a wall. <laughs> it's one of those scenes where people are like, it's such a stupid fight. I'm like, yes. It is, a st- it, but and like he says horrible things. He does. It's why do, they're getting a divorce. Do people <laughs> not realize that like real life is actually pretty stupid? Yes, it's one of the things where, like Neil Simon's like I and I wrote the scene in the Odd Couple where he threw the spaghetti at uh, Felix because my wife threw a plate of spaghetti at me, and we're like <laughs> that's ridiculous. And like, but when you're angry, sometimes you just throw something. Yeah, I oh Neil Simon. No, that was completely a sunset scene. And even at the end where, like, he's being this awful jerk. I don't know the context of the film. And, like, they have this moment where they're just worn out and they, like, comfort each other about the things they have just said. And I'm like, yeah, I remember that, too. (laughs) So you, too, know what it's like to be in an unhealthy relationship. (laughs) That needs to end and we can't because uh, we didn't have kids, but we did have a shared Netflix account. Oh, I did lose custody. It was probably for the best. We weren't Uh, really meant to be together. uh, The Netflix account is better off without my recommendations, to be honest. Anyway, flush the Oscars. Let's talk about Jeremiah's list. Yeah. Hi, Jeremiah. Hey. (laughs) All right. So these top 10 honorable mentions are, um, well, honestly, Netflix has a lot of great stuff. Mm. This Mm. year, uh, Ava DuVernay's When They See Us. Mm. Uh, unbelievable, which is fantastic. Like many series wise, they are killing it. I don't think I know anything about Unbelievable. Unbelievable is for showrunner of uh, Justified. Oh, okay. Of Justified, Caitlin Diva, Merritt Weaver, and Tony Collette. Tony Collette and Merritt Weaver playing buddy cops. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I have seen this or seen about it. Not it's a rape it. story. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, it is fantastic. I, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. I realized that came across as <laughs> derogatory. No, no, no. Anyway, I didn't understood. Intend to... <laughs> uh, let's see. But yeah, it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Susanna Grant mm-hmm. is, is the uh, lady in charge of that one. It's it's really good. And um, some other honorable mentions will occur to me as we go along. I'm just going to go <laughs> straight into the top ten. Fair. Uh, Fast Color. Yeah, you... By Julia Hart, which had the unfortunate timing to come out the same weekend as Endgame. Oh. I should... uh, I feel like maybe we should start making a habit of when, like, big tent... And I mean, specifically for the show, we should make a habit of when big tent pole movies like that come out. We should just, like, 
watch other things that are coming out and talk about them. <laughs> That's fair. I have no problem with doing that. Uh, um, another movie that uh, no one saw, and this because it's like played in like three theaters, Wild Nights with Emily. Mm. Uh, Kevin mentioned uh, she uh, confused it with the Dickinson show that's on right now. Yeah, yeah, because there, there were a couple because of... it's kind of the same thing. I was gonna say, yeah, there was like a couple of Dickinson things that came out this year for some reason. Um, Wild Nights with Emily is written and uh, written and directed by Madeline Olenek. Mm-hmm. And it stars Molly Shannon and Amy Simons. SNL and, Molly Shannon? Yeah. yeah. As oh. Emily Dickinson. She's fantastic. Neat. And apparently what happened was at Oxford, they discovered letters from Emily Dickinson. Mm. And apparently she was having an affair with her husband's wife. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they had an ongoing affair, which is why she lived right next door to her brother. Hmm. And it's also a thing where, like, apparently everything we knew about Emily Dickinson is from a biography written by her brother's mistress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I, I must make it very clear. I totally support his legal wife having an affair with his much cooler sister because he was Yeah, oh, her. absolutely. <laughs> but that is- it has one of the best last scenes of a movie this year. That is the greatest, like, drawing lines between, uh, <laughs> like, relationship diagram I've ever heard in my life. But I uh, highly recommend Wild Nights with Emily. It is Literary fantastic. history is fun. It's, it's almost like a drunk history movie. <laughs> I was, I am, okay, the, my initial confusion, I thought you were talking about the Apple show, the, the Apple Emily Dickinson show, yeah. and I was well, because, again, so confused for the longest time about how you insisted it was good (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah that one like i saw a couple of commercials for that on like repeat at work and it looked really trite but (laughs) (laughs) uh fast color is about is a comic book movie yeah yeah about generational trauma between three black women gugu bathura lorraine toussaint and the young girl played by Saniva Sydney? I probably got that name wrong. Saniya Sydney, sorry. Hmm. But yes, also has David Stratham. Uh, yeah, no, that that one is on uh, like That's I was on Amazon going to... Prime and they're making yeah. a show out of that one. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Nice. The number seven spot is tied with Marriage Toy and Uncut Gems. See, I, uh I've been really resist. Like, I purposely didn't see Uncut Gems when it first came out because I, I just sort of generally find Adam Sandler a distasteful person. I know he can act well. Like, I remember right. the, I remember the like three or four good movies he's been in, but he's <laughs> so, ah, uh, and I'm gonna have to see this movie. Like, ev- like, n- no one will shut up about how great it is, and I believe it. I just didn't want to. <laughs> Uncut Gems. It's great, and Adam Sandler is great because we know he can be. Yeah. Kevin Garnett, who is a basketball player, Mm. and he plays himself. Oh, is it? And he is playing himself, but not in a way that LeBron James does, and I feel pretty, and um, train wreck? Train wreck. wreck. I was going to say, I was about to bring up LeBron and Trainwreck. Trainwreck. That was yeah, really he's fun. He's doing it in a way that, like, in a Scorsese or Altman film. 
Ooh. Like he is, he's like in a sense that the Safety brothers, Josh and Benny, were kind mm-hmm. of snubbed for the Oscars, I think, because they got a legitimate performance from an untrained actor. And mm-hmm. like, and, it can, and uh, I did a lot of research, and apparently he's known for being like, for doing a lot of like dramatic stuff on the court, like getting the crowd riled up. So they oh, really okay. knew how to utilize that sort of charisma and energy. That's interesting. But he is fantastic, and the movie is as well, but he is absolutely amazing. Hmm. We we will watch it for the non-actor actor. Right? <laughs> also, Idina Menzel is perfect. Oh, mm. I didn't know she was in it too. Oh, God. Yes. Also, there's a young uh, f- uh, first time of Julia Fox is amazing as Adam Sandler's girlfriend. Because like uh, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, I'm sold. See, I Uncut just, Gems uh, is the actual Scorsese-inspired movie about uh, biting critique of capitalism that you see. That's not joking. Yeah, that's and also I kept hearing moments that. Moments about race relations and class and how the two intersect. Uh, yeah, I, I I know I should have seen it, and now I'd like actively want to. I just I, uh, we've talked about Mary Story, Noam Bobak, freaking mm-hmm. Sandler. Ugh. Uh, it's also really good. Uh, mm-hmm. That fight scene's good. There's a court scene that I really love because Ooh. the way the uh, court scene is shot is once they start talking about the bad things the other person has accused the other person of. Mm. It does a POV shot from the other side, but it's not like a character POV shot so much as like an objective shot, and you see the <laughs> accuser's face of how he feels and the accused face of how they're being like called oh, out. Oh, that's And it's just very sort of like no one wins here. This is just an anima like... It's just animosity inventing in a way that's like the, so. So like they they sort of go out of their way for there not to be an audience surrogate character, right? And they they try to be even handed, but since it's written and directed by a dude, mm. Mm. but mm. like that's a sort of like almost like a confirmation bias thing that happens. Okay, uh, Laura Dern as Johansson's lawyer. I mean, Ray all, Liotta all our... as Adam Driver's lawyer. Oh my god. Alan Alda as Adam Law- uh, Driver's first lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's a moment in Mary's story where he starts telling a joke that goes on forever. And Adam oh. Driver just goes, hey, I'm sorry, but am I paying for this joke? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That sounds amazing. Oh and Adam, no. Uh, and also Alan Alda, she's like, oh, I've, got, I've forgotten how much I miss Alan Alda. Oh, he's so... He's got... Like, he is one of the most instantly charming people ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a moment in that same court scene where, like, there's a running... Uh, a scene where Adam Driver shows up with a baby seat, and mm. it's not properly buckled in, because oh, he thought no. the uh, the rental place would do it. Mm. And she's like, you can't, no, that, they can't do that. that. They would be liable. It's like, oh, oh. And say, so they spend time trying to get the seat in, and he's already running late, and that comes up mm. in the court trial. Oh God! Like he showed up late, and the bu- seat wasn't buckled buckled in, even though he assured her that it was. And Adam Driver's own loyal like, "You didn't buckle in the seat. You got to buckle in the seat." It's like <laughs> I, me too. I thought the window place would do that. No, they can't do that. They're liable. It's like I know that now. <laughs> God damn! Oh. <laughs> also, Laura is... Dern as it's as always fantastic. Yeah, Laura Dern. I'll watch in anything. She's having a good year this year. We're friends. <laughs> <laughs> She's one of those actresses that makes you feel like you're friends. 
The ghost um, oh, hey, hey there, friendo. I'm glad to see you. Let's hang out for let's hang out for you know one to two hours and talk about what's up with your career. <laughs> so then we have Blinded by the Light, hmm. directed by. Um, give me one second. I don't want to screw up a name. She did a movie called Bend Light Beckham. Hmm. <gasps> <laughs> I Beckham. Gurinder Chada. Hmm. She's a Pakistani uh, British person, and mm-hmm. the movie is about a Pakistani British family and a young boy's discovery of Bruce Springsteen. Oh yeah, I know this movie. It that, is that, that came out weird. It, I, I just placed it with some of the commercials I've seen for it. Yes, it is absolutely one of the better sort of like feel good movies of the year. Hmm. Um, there are Springsteen is known as sort of like the work, the poet of the working man. Yeah, of the working class, but we have a tendency in America and in Britain to think of the working class as white. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but like centering it on a Pakistani family also talks about like how you're going outside your culture and how other cultures feel about you coming in. Yeah, there's also like the that idea of of like that uh, like his music sort of still Crossing like be, jump- yeah. Well, it reminds me. There's a there's a, a podcast I was listening to a while ago that that mentioned the fact that uh, Dolly Parton's music is incredibly popular in Africa. Like there's a... <laughs> Dolly fucking Biden, man. <laughs> yeah, but but also just like other sort of country music of like close to her sort of area of country right. music. Yeah, because that, she's from the of... Appalachian Mountains. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. she actually knows poverty. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's one of those things where it's like that. That makes me very happy. In a like a a weird sort of I grew up listening to country music way of like of course like because that's that's what that music is about. And everyone also, loves Dolly Parton. Hmm? Everyone loves Dolly Parton. Yeah, as you should. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie's also weirdly timely, well, not weirdly timely, because of Brexit and yeah. how immigrants are being treated mm. worldwide. Uh, it's still very. I've seen it twice, and every time I do theater checks on it. I mm. would I like I'd come in on the scene and I'd like start to cry and I had to leave. Aww. Mm. Aww. Yes. Not mockingly, just that's that's sweet. Yeah. Aww. Uh then we have Hustlers. Ooh. Love Hustlers. Another Jay movie I didn't see that I have to see that I'm laying in my house feeling ashamed playing cell phone games thinking <laughs> about how I should see it. You would love it, I think. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I love any, I love a a, a, a a con movie or a score movie <laughs> or anything like that. Just like the, also I, another movie about abiding critique of capitalism. Yeah, that's, it's like there's a theme. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, that that man. Oh man, I forgot how solid a cast this was. Hustlers yeah. has a scene of Jennifer Lopez sitting on the roof in nothing but a bikini and a fur coat, smoking mm. a cigarette. Turning to Constance Wu going, step into my fur. And it is one of the best scenes of the year because J-Lo is on point. Uh. It's just such, like, and it's a weirdly also like a feel-good movie and a sort of sad, sort of like regretful movie. Not for, not for the con they pulled, but what it did to the relationship. Right, right, right. right. I, uh, I like that. that that's... Now we'll get into the five, mm-hmm. and that would, of course, be Knives Out. Yeah. God, I love Knives Out. So, Thaddeus <laughs> and I have been on this obsessive Columbo kick for most of this year. 
Um, we are up to season five in Columbo. And uh, Kara, Kara was new to Columbo before we started watching Columbo. Yeah, well, that's good. Everyone um, should be inducted to Columbo. <laughs> and uh, like one thing that we say the entire time watching Columbo is, is he screw? Is he messing with them or is he serious? Like, is this a scam or is he just like brilliantly absent-minded? And we had that same conversation throughout the movie about uh, Benoit Blanc. Right. And I still haven't decided what I think. And that, <laughs> if I could have just. A I think dozen. The, I think the Benoit Blanc is Columbo is my answer. Yeah, if I could just have a dozen, and the thing is, I love Marta, but Marta's story is is over, and the way it ends is great with her just staring down at all of these white people. And uh, I yeah, love the I just, disdain I, in which you said people. <laughs> but the whitest possible people, the whitest of people. Well, also we talked about like how Jamie Lee Curtis's character like. She's the one who sort of left the worst done by her own family, and but we also feel like you and I sort of came to a consensus like she'll be fine. Yeah, the rest of them, fine. the rest of them are screwed, but she'll be fine. <laughs> she can easily, like, yes, she had the million dollar loan, but she actually uh, was able to do something with it. Was everyone else was like, I don't know. <laughs> like she just uh, needs but a yeah. solid investor, and she's off. I'm super happy that uh, that the director has said, like, oh, I'd super love to do more Benoit Blanc stories. <laughs> yeah, uh, I-, I want to have this movie over and over again. Not not this exact movie, but just a different buildup and character and someone else's story that he drifts into, bangs around on the piano, and then, like... It- exposes the whole thing at the end like i every beat of this was great it had my second favorite dialogue cut scene in yeah so my favorite so it's there's a scene at the beginning where the police are interviewing all of this family as they believe the patriarch oh the the cycling through different characters interview like cutting together a bunch of different interviews back to back yeah yeah so like there's one where uh Jamie Lee Curtis's character is asked kind of a, a baiting question. She goes, are you baiting me? I'm not going to answer that. And then it flips to her stupid husband who immediately falls for the bait and answers it. And it's hysterical. And that's, uh, oh my God, Kuleshov? Don Johnson. No, no, the, the thing where like two scenes, the, the cut between two scenes. Makes, oh, I don't know the yeah. names of things. Yeah. yeah. I, I learned that from YouTube. Anyway. Uh. And everything about it is great. And uh, the only the only example that I've ever seen is better is the first episode of Archer Vice. It is pretty good. Which uh, has one of about a 10 minute excerpt of something like that. Anyway, I love that film. It is great. They did not put a wig on Jamie Lee Curtis as they should not, as the woman has wonderful short hair and everything about can't remember her names, her stupid skincare line of flam. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, no, it was, is, uh, yeah. That, that's the kind of movie that you're sitting at home hours later eating snacks and you're suddenly like, wait, wait a minute, wait, what <laughs> if is. this had happened instead of this? Would, would the movie still have played out the same way? Wait, shit, I got to get up. I got to get some paper. <laughs> perfect fluff. No. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's- also the way Daniel Craig... <laughs> says the line the little Nazi boy masturbating <laughs> <laughs> I also love oh. the absolute disdain everyone has for that, that kid 
Yeah, yep. that, that made me happy. That was clearly uh, Ryan Johnson legitimately exercising some like internet frustrations. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yes, Ryan Johnson, um, though also like uh, someone uh, had an antidote, like they saw Knives Out and then the credits rolled and then Ryan Johnson's name came up and the guy behind him was like, what? Why? <laughs> it was so good. And, and he's like, how much, like what, how do you watch movies? Like, you can't be happy that someone proved you wrong. <laughs> wow. That's I just... Like, I can't tell you how delightful, I, how delighted I was when I walked out of the house with a clock on its walls to discover that was an <laughs> Eli Roth movie. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, I was like... It was what? so good, though. <laughs> it really was good in a way that like, I hadn't expected an Eli Roth movie to be. I uh, I, I have to say, like, it... it Anyone who's surprised Ryan Johnson makes good movies has only ever seen and been angry at Last Jedi for not being the Star Wars they wanted. How dare you, Ryan Johnson? <laughs> is one of my favorite directors of all time. I will fight you. I uh, I just I just really want to say somebody Jeremiah was this you? I don't know. Someone said that um this that his portrayal of Benoit Blanc is Daniel Craig's revenge at years and years of Americans doing English accents. <laughs> I said something similar, but everyone else has said the same. I I think you're the first one I read saying that, and it I laughed, but I just I just feel like Ryan Johnson took Daniel Craig close to his heart and whispered to him, "Are you, are you hungry? Are you hungry for scenery? Because I will let you eat your fill. Go for it, <laughs> little bird." All right, we, we should we should I'm let so Jeremiah sorry. we should let Jeremiah get through yeah. his top four. Yep. <laughs> okay, we got three more because uh, uh, Hustlers, I believe, is five. Oh, yeah, because you yes. did. Yeah. All right, so the next is uh, Parasite, which mm-hmm. you've already talked about. <laughs> yeah, fair. But it's uh, fantastic. If you've never seen a Bong Hoon-ho film before, sorry, Bong Hoon-ho film before, I highly recommend it. He's on a Kurosawa-like streak in which he hasn't made a bad film. Yeah, and I'm also at this point, I would be shocked if someone hasn't seen one of his movies. Like when it was just the host, I would be, I would not be surprised. But like Snowpiercer and the host, I feel like both had really good traction in Snow- with just like regular theater viewers. Snowpiercer is also becoming a show. Yeah, um, I, I don't care as much about the show version, but good for it. Um, <laughs> it's taking a long time to like get it all planned out, so they, like they put a lot of work into it. Um, Memories yeah, but it's not going to have Don Hurt. movie but... is fantastic. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yes, on at least it was on Netflix. I don't know if it still mm-hmm. is. Um, but yeah, no, brilliant director and one of the few internet uh, who's actually being successful at looking at class. Mm-hmm. And I, ter- mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of a way that like audiences are responding to, because like it's all well and good to make a really like great movie that I love. But like I said, Parasite is resonating with people in a way that no one is it, foreseen. Yeah, like it's cro- it is crossing a language media bearer- barrier that does not normally get crossed. Yes, Memories of Murder was his second film. I apologize, but ah, um, okay. yeah, no, fantastic, highly recommend. The as always, um, it's nuanced and like I, I think what it is is it's great, but it's great in a way that people who don't know movies can clearly see is great, if that makes any sense. And hmm, hmm. a sense of like, a lot of times, like, there are like little subtle things, and he is subtle, but he does it in a way that you don't need to have read, um, like, a history's worth of movie books 
to get mm. like, oh, I see what you're doing. Nice. It's a it's an ability to be autistic and while also not alienate the mainstream audience at the same time. Mm. It's a it's a happy talent to have. Speaking of which, Little Women. Ah. Wow, Little that one came in. Little Women. That one came in right at the wire. Uh, I feel like one of the things that uh, is annoying about this season of movie releases is that you get that idea of the Oscar bait movie and it's, it's sort of real and not real as a concept. But I I think that there, there are movies that I find sort of pretend there are a lot more of what I'm going to go ahead and just say are generally pretentious movies that come out this time of year. Right. And I feel like there's a lot of ways that an adaptation of little women can flub and like the love that has been poured upon this one. It makes me very happy. Did you have you guys seen Ladybird? I have no, I, I actually never got around to seeing Ladybird. Okay, so this is basically like it's a second movie, and yet if like Koi and I have talked about that, it feels like the seventh. Nice. It is. Not well, like that, a, the, she so just a, a very confident director. Confident director, and she does things with this adaptation that allows all the sisters to shine. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and like she blows up the timeline, so we start at like the middle. Hmm. Uh, but she's not doing it just to be like like in media this. She's doing it so we get a sense of who they become. Mm. So who they are as girls makes more sense when you see them as women. Mm. And That's of course, everyone's talking about uh, Amy March, aka Florence Pugh. She is delightful and amazing. All right. Nice. Um, after Little Women, we have the best. Mo- uh, sorry, second best movie. Oh, I know what I did. Alright. Farewell. That's my list. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, you can. You're, yeah. That's fine. Look so your farewell, truth. Farewell, number two. Uh, Lulu Wang. Uh, her boyfriend also has made a great movie, but he made it last year, so we're fine. <laughs> I'm not going to mention his name. You're going to have to figure that out. Lulu <laughs> Wang. <laughs> Lulu Wang, uh, Farewell, is fantastic uh, performance by Aquafina. Mm. Also just for is this her first movie? I forget. Looks like her first movie, mm. but it is a way to look at culture through family. Mm. And she does a lot of Robert Altman type uh, narrative devices, not in terms of like constant moving camera, but like the fact that she has such a massive cast, mm. and they're all on screen together at the same time at times. Like a very. I don't know, naturalistic use of people, I think. If I were to try and describe Altman casting. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so perfect example. When you see Endgame, it has like 50 people, and it always feels like they're trying to figure out reasons for having 50 people in a scene. Yeah. yeah. That's not, because the family is just like, it's just naturally how the movie flows. It's just a, a family that is overflowing with people. Right. Well, and I'm from. A, a dinner so scene. I, Go ahead. So I'm, I'm from a very large family. Uh, my. my my immediate parents, so it's just me, my stepbrother, my niece. And so it's, it's, that's a little unit, but my mom is one of six kids and all of my aunts and uncles have between two to four kids and stepkids. And then like there's their kids, half siblings from later or earlier marriages. So like a family event can very easily be 
especially when I was growing up, was usually between 20 to 50 people. And especially when I was a teenager, we usually had between 5 to 15 children under the age of 5. So, like, this kind of familial chaos is very natural to me. And I always get really creeped out in movies when people talk about, like, how hectic Christmas will be. And it's, like, eight people. (laughs) Right? <laughs> That's actually one of the one of my big issues with um National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, there's so many people here, and I'm like, girl, you are not even trying. Where is all? Where's everyone else? Where's the rest of your freaking family? Right. You have one sibling, and that's it. <laughs> get on, get on my level. Sometimes we would adopt people from other families that weren't ours. Sometimes literally, sometimes just metaphorically. Okay. <laughs> uh. Anyway, I just I just like movies that have big families without being weird about it. Like, of course, there's going to be 40 people at dinner. What else would you do? You'll love The Farewell, then. Yeah. But also, it's a fantastic movie. Um, the dinner scene in which they talk about the differences between America and China without actually talking about the differences between America and China <laughs> is fascinating. Ooh. And the way she just sort of goes around the table. But yes, number two, number one, best movie of the year, best movie Ooh. of 2019, as of right now, best movie of 2020, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Ah, yeah. I was, I was expecting mm. It is a movie in which this first 30 minutes sounds like something out of a Fist Lang movie, and then it totally becomes something else. Yeah, I, re- I remember you describing this movie to me for the first time, and I was just like, that, I don't, oh. There's no <laughs> soundtrack. Which is a bold choice. Uh, there is music, but it's not like uh, it shows up naturally, like when the characters play it. So the soundtrack is the sound of uh, brushes against canvas, wind against mm. the barley, of doors closing oh. over stuff like that. So it's a very ASMR, ASMR That must have been a wild time for whoever did the like sound design for that movie. <laughs> it is gorgeous and absolutely we talk. Uh, I've talked a bit about like best last scenes. Mm. This has the single best last scene of any movie I saw. Mm. Close runners up being Knives Out <laughs> and uh, Wild Nights with Emily. Uh, that's absolutely fantastic. It only seems like for a, a week, then it went away, and it's coming back again in February on Valentine's Day. So, ladies, nice. Seems like 2019 was a good movie or a good year for movies about women in the arts. Yeah. And it's also not only is it a queer romance, it's also about the nature of women and how they create and how their creations are treated and Mm -hmm. how art is created in general and the nature between art and artist and the muse. It's just fantastic. It's like it's on the level of, I would say, um, John Cocteau in terms of Mm. like, like all the different layers it has. Nice. Loved everything about this movie. It's one yeah, of those that's... movies, kind of like Personal Shopper, that when it was over, I wanted them to just play it again. <laughs> God, that's such a... I need to... Oh, yeah, I still haven't uh, tricked Kara into watching Personal Shopper. Well, you can just, you know, not trick it. Yeah, it's more fun that way. Okay. He has to lure me with snacks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's all the time we have for now. Before we go, we're going to make one quick announcement. Oh, yeah. Starting Ooh. in February... Uh, beneath the mm-hmm. screen, it's going to start uh, a little project. We're going to be looking at fascism and anti-fascism in film. Woo! We're not going to be doing not... it every month. We'll be doing it every other month because we need we need to take a breath every once in a while. 
Yeah, otherwise we're never going to talk about things that are going on in movies. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just so you know, that will be coming up in February. We're going to be looking at Casablanca, This Land is Mine, and Hangman Also Dies, speaking of his lane. Ooh. Yay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kev, for that bold endorsement. I mean, I'm excited. This is the first time I've heard of this. No, I'm kidding. We've several times. I just, uh, I, I actually think this is a, a a great theme. And if we can somehow work together all of our themes of musicals and anti-fascism, so for those of you, you know, who do listen, if you can just get me the anti-fascist musical that I've been looking for, um, that would be great. Sound of Music. I mean. <laughs> I don't think I could, like I'm actually going to make an argument that's not explicitly anti-fascist. I, I'm just it was the only one I could think of that uh, it brought a, to mind an image of a man ripping a Nazi flag in half. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Sorry. So we're going to end right. on that. All right, let's go. All, All right. right. Rip, rip up yeah, Nazi thanks. flags. Have a good one. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. You guys have a good one. Do what I want. <laughs>